Hi, everyone, and welcome back. My name is Liana with Learn by Light, and this is a place where my intention is that we can look through the lenses of consciousness, energy healing, and astrology to better understand and prepare ourselves for the shifts in consciousness that are taking place in this very moment so that we can show up authentically, fully, and supported to make conscious decisions about which way the energy on this planet is going to go. So we are going to be talking about the astrology, especially around this total full moon lunar eclipse in Taurus on November 8th, some of the astrology that's going to follow the rest of November, and we're also going to look at the tarot for some guidance as to how to best understand this energy and move forward with it. So let's get into it because it's big stuff. One of the first things you might notice at the time of this eclipse is the immense feeling of tension in the air. You might also be feeling this come up in your body, in your jaw, in your back, in your hamstrings, wherever that tends to manifest for you. And the reason behind a lot of this tension that we're feeling is because there's an incredible amount of fixity in the chart of the moment at the time of this upcoming eclipse. There's Fixity in the cosmos because there are six planets in fixed signs. So in case you didn't know, each one of the zodiac signs can express in one of three different ways. We call these like modes. And if you look at each season as being comprised of three signs, like winter, spring, summer, fall, which is very notable here in the Northern Hemisphere, you will find a sign of each mode per season. So if we look at spring, for example, you have Aries, which starts off spring, and Aries is a cardinal energy. Cardinal energies are the initiators, they get the ball moving, there's a lot of sort of like inspiration energy to it. Following that, in this case, would be Taurus, which is a fixed sign. Fixed signs are always the signs that anchor in the season. The fixed signs in this case are Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, and Aquarius. Fixed signs anchor the energy into each season and really kind of hold the center unmoving. After each fixed sign, we will always find a mutable sign. So in this case, Taurus moves into Gemini. Gemini is mutable air. Mutable signs tend to be less stable, less predictable, because they're intended to move from that sign into the cardinal energy of the next season. So these signs typically feel more spontaneous, more fluid, and this is important in this chart because we have an incredible amount of energy in fixed signs. There's not a lot of flow happening. There's not a lot of movement. And so when we have a lot of fixed signs in a chart, it leads to feelings of tension because this energy is so anchored to the point of immovability. And then that energy that is building and building and building wants an outlet and a place to go. 
astrologically, this can be sort of a signature of seismic activity or earthquake activity because there's something that needs an outlet. There's something that wants to erupt both on the personal level, on the political level, and sometimes we see this, yes, manifest in in the environment, in nature. The reason why I share this is I want to offer some validation if you're feeling any of this come up within you, but also a reminder that this is not going to be forever. It's not going to be for a long time. It's just here for an intense time. But looking forward at the astrology coming down the line is it seems like the energy gets a lot more fluid and flowy as soon as Saturday, November 12th. We are going to have a lot of planets start to move into mutable signs, that flow that we just talked about with Venus entering Sagittarius on the 16th, Mercury moving into Sagittarius on the 17th, the sun going into Sagittarius on the 22nd, kicking off Sagittarius season and saying goodbye to Scorpio season. And then we have a new moon, a new beginning in Sagittarius on the 23rd, where Jupiter, the planet of spirituality, of expansion, moves direct in Pisces, which is going to bring such a nice spiritual oomph or boost to our energy. In Sagittarius, the energy that we are going to be moving into is all about truth and higher consciousness, higher understanding. So trust and know that this energy of tension is coming up as a contraction to gather information from the depths. We're going to go into what this eclipse is all about, but soon thereafter, we are going to be moving back into an expanded state. We're going to be moving back into feeling like we have capacity. So doing our best to honor this moment as it is, frustration, hopelessness, um, lack of clarity included, because we know it's not going to be forever. So I went into detail about this for the October astrology episode, but essentially eclipses are new and full moons that happen in succession in a pattern we call eclipse season. But the difference of them being a regular new and full moon versus being an eclipse is they happen in alignment with a mathematical point called the ecliptic. This essentially speaks to the alignment of the sun, moon, and earth, which depending on if we're at a new moon solar eclipse or a full moon lunar eclipse, will determine which celestial body is temporarily eclipsing the light of the other, which leads to the optic sort of phenomena of having either the sun or the moon covered partially or totally for a moment in time. So astronomically, that is what's happening in terms of the alignment of the sun, moon, and earth at the time of an eclipse. But energetically or metaphysically, what's also happening is that we are collectively aligning with either the north or the south node, which has impactful energetic influence um, for us as a collective. The south node is related to our karma things that we have done and experienced before. And we are always energetically moving away from the South Node and not in a way where we are completely leaving it behind, but we are integrating the lessons of the South Node and moving collectively in the direction of the sign of the North Node, 
where our collective future is sort of unfolding. The south and north nodes are always going to be directly opposite from each other in the zodiac, which is why the eclipses have been falling in the signs of Taurus and Scorpio for the last 18 months. Scorpio is the energy that we are leaving behind, which is why there's this deep sort of pull towards excavating, excavating the body, looking for truth, having memories or relationships resurface. And we are moving through that energy to a point of transformation. We are integrating the transformation that has already sort of been processed through us and now we are synthesizing it collectively in order to move towards the energy of the north node which in this case is Taurus. Taurus is ruled by Venus. It's about our beauty. It's also the financial aspects. Um, It's about our comfort and it's about our embodiment which is essentially our ability to take our relationship with nature and apply it to our own selves. So we have to remember too that even though this is a north node full moon eclipse, full moons typically ask us to shed or release or surrender something in order to move forward. I tend to see this as almost like going through a toll booth under a bridge into another world and there's a troll there asking for your payment. What are you willing to give up? in order to step into something that you really, truly desire. And you might automatically think to jump to, oh, I have to give up on that hope or that dream that's unrealistic. No, the troll wants your garbage. The troll wants the pieces of you that do not work for you anymore. Are you willing to give up your comfort that you find in your pain Are you willing to give up or let go of aspects of your familiarity with suffering that keeps you stuck in a pattern of accidents or breakups or some sort of destabilized pattern? Are you willing to surrender some of your hyper-independence of feeling like you need to get through all the hard moments alone to prove to yourself that you are capable? These are sort of the things that we are being asked to surrender, resentments for past partners, the cellular memory of certain traumas. These are the things that we are being invited to surrender so that we can actually start to step into the direction of our destiny, which is trying to bring us more abundance. Venus, right? Venus rules Taurus. Bring us more comfort, more luxury, more care, more stability, a deeper and more profound relationship to our essence, the part of us that is and always will be connected to nature. Now, here's the really cool thing about astrology is you do not need to figure out with your thinking mind what it is that you are ready and willing to surrender because through the experiencing of the astrology, it will likely come up to the surface and make itself known without you needing to dive deep and look for it. So some of the things happening around this full moon total lunar eclipse in Taurus is there's an overall feeling of lethargy. Um, It might feel like the body needs an 
extreme amount of rest, but the mind is just not abating. The mind is just not surrendering. That's because we have Mars, the planet of our energy, our life force, our passion retrograde right now. So it's being pulled inward a lot. It feels hard to channel that energy outwardly, um, maybe even towards any sort of tasks domestically in the home, but also especially outside in the world. But because Mars, our life force energy is currently in the sign of Gemini, which rules our thinking, our thoughts, our communication, it feels like there's sort of this stop-go Flintstone car energy where the mind is just not stopping, but we don't have the output or the energy available to make things come to life outside of ourselves. So it just feels absolutely exhausting. So this Mars retrograde energy in Gemini is coming into a challenging square or a hard aspect with Neptune in Pisces. Neptune is our divine essence. It's our spiritual self. And in Pisces, this is super enhanced. This might mean that your dreams are sort of showing up as a manifestation of this anxious energy. We also have this Neptune in Pisces also coming into a square with Mercury. Mercury is currently in Scorpio, telling the depths, excavating the details of our thoughts. Maybe this is showing up as really a pronounced sense of our deepest fears. Possibly that this energy is going to go on forever and what that might mean for us. But together, this all speaks to not having a ton of clarity. The highest vibration of Neptune in Pisces is this connection to our pure divine self, this selfless, fluid connection with our ethereal and our divine nature. But when Neptune is in its lower vibration, which again, this is all how we relate to it based on our own level of consciousness and conscious choice and awareness. But in its lower vibration, Neptune in Pisces is about dissociation. It's about addiction. It's about wanting to numb to our spiritual truth. When we don't have clarity because Mercury rules our thoughts, in Scorpio, shit is coming up. Things are tricky. Coming into this challenging aspect with Neptune might want to make you absolutely disappear. It might want you to avoid whatever decisions or challenges that are coming head on. And overall, the thinking mind is grasping desperately for some sort of solidity and clarity. And all of these things at the time of the intense full moon already are saying that clarity is not there for you to find with the thinking mind. This can be especially tough. A lot of people at this time are reporting feelings of depression. So the mind may be anxious, but the overall feeling is immovability with all that fixed energy. And this feeling of lowness or depression is likely because the mind, the thinking mind, this is the operating system we've used almost for our entire lives, especially up until 2020. The mind can't see a way out of this energy in this astrology. And the mind is the one that's 
currently the governing system for most of our human experiences. We are filtering so much through the filter of the thinking mind. So when the mind can't see a way out, we tend to revert to this state of helplessness and hopelessness because it doesn't understand what's happening. This is compounded by a few things, and we are going to talk about ways that we can work with this energy, but just to really give you the validation of the depth of this energy, there's a few more things I want to speak to. One being that eclipses already tend to have a bit of an energetic siphoning quality. If you think about a celestial body blocking the light of this full moon in this in this instance, it's going to be the earth that comes in between the sun and the full moon. There is typically that quality of light, this luminary that is visible for us that at the time of the eclipse is temporarily not accessible. And I'm going to be as real as I can be in sharing that today during my meditation before I recorded this episode, I did have some information come through that is new for me. Um, and though a little bit distressing does make a lot of sense in this context, but it was essentially an understanding or a revealing of the fact that at the time of these eclipses happening with the nodes of both our karma and our collective destiny, on sort of another level of the global political, there is actually a lot of pressure from that level and system of which I don't currently know a ton about, but just sharing what has come up. Um, there's a lot of pressure to control the nodes at that time, especially at the time of this full moon north node eclipse, because the energy naturally is moving in the direction of our collective expansion, especially because at this eclipse, the eclipse is conjunct Uranus. Uranus is the sign of the revolutionary, the eccentric. It's by the people for the people. It's essentially the energy that is partially responsible for the breakdown of a lot of forces and systems around power and control in a top-down authoritarian way. So this both means that at the time of the eclipse, Uranus is this unpredictable energy. There might be shocks, sudden changes. Um, I'm curious to see how the midterm elections go in the US, whether or not this was a planned event based on the astrology. There's quite a coincidence there. But it seems to be that the energy is moving naturally towards Uranus, the power of the people, this this overturning of some top-down authoritarian structures is happening. It's powerful. It's underway. People are awakening. People are coming to understand the truth and the power of their own conscious decisions. So at the time of this full moon, I do sense that on some level, there is an attempt to siphon or numb or mute the power of the people in some ways. This might show up through ways of distorting the democratic process through voting, but I also think a lot of this is happening energetically because this tendency towards dissociation or stepping away from one's power seems to be especially heightened right now. And I don't want to be naive and think that this is just 
a natural unfolding. Sometimes I do think there are concentric rings of activity happening on the social, political, and galactic level that maybe also have intelligence. So I just wanted to drop that in here. But the message that came through in terms of supporting this was to know thyself to be uncorruptible. So yes, let's all move through our processes and come back to our basic needs, drinking water, having baths or showers, maybe getting outside, connecting with community, remembering to bring it back to basics of nourishment, feeling yourself comfortable in your body, but also on a more global collective level to remind ourselves that we know who we are as divine energetic beings and that the core of us is ultimately uncorruptible, that the forces of light that emerge from within us cannot be manipulated unless we give permission to do so. So I did pull a few cards before I started recording today, and one of them that came up is an oracle card that says, nothing is yet set in stone. Nothing is yet set in stone. This is such a reinforcement of this reminder that we have conscious power at any moment that we become aware. As soon as we remember that we are not the ones thinking our thoughts, our thoughts are running through a system of neurons and networks that we often don't even know the origins of our thoughts, but we know we are not necessarily the thinker of our thoughts because we can stop and witness them like clouds passing through a sky. This says nothing is yet set in stone. We can still make decisions about how we want things to unfold by connecting with the vibration of them, not the fixed outcome, not exactly how it's going to look like, but we can make choice and saying, okay, powers that be of which we are included in that, we are an integral part of this tapestry of cosmic and collective consciousness when we say, okay, I don't know what it's going to look like and I'm going to be okay because I am choosing that what's going to unfold is going to bring me peace. It's going to be imbued and infused with love, community, with fulfillment. I don't know what's going to happen, but I am choosing to be okay either way. And here is what I am choosing to feel. Imagine the sheer force and power of that if all of us collectively made decisions about the vibration of how things were going to unfold. If we relaxed the focus on the tangible outcome and instead focused on the vibration, because that's omitted from the heart center, the part that is uncorruptible, that is not confused by what's happening astrologically right now, that is not at risk of being overwhelmed by geopolitical systems, the heart is the one that can choose peace, compassion, love, forgiveness, understanding, okayness (laughs) that can choose to not leave the thinking mind who's in distress. Nothing is yet set in stone. We all collectively still have so many decisions that we can make, which ultimately is going to affect what happens. That's why we can't see it clearly. So many of us have yet to step into our autonomy as conscious decision makers. That is how the future is going to become more clear. 
when we all start to do that. The second card I pulled up is the moon in the traditional tarot. On the card of the moon, we see a lot going on. There's a threshold, there's different bodies of water or mountains, um, but there is a clear path through it all between two figures. There's a wolf and there's a dog. There's also a lobster crawling out of the water in case you haven't really spent a lot of time looking at this card. But the lobster is such an incredible symbol, one, because it will grow endlessly. It's not restricted in the size of its expansion. It's only the energy that it requires to continually shed. So lobsters, if they're not attacked by predators, will actually live forever until they run out of the life force energy to complete the molting or the shedding process. They literally just continue to evolve until they are existentially exhausted or their physical form has exhausted the ability to continue to transform in a physical form and then it moves on to spiritual world, the spiritual lobster afterlife. But also this path is is moving directly towards the dog and the wolf on the card, which speaks to our instinctual, our wild, our unconditioned, our autonomous nature, and the dog, which is our domesticated, which is our conditioned, which is our self that's addicted to comfort. And at the time of this eclipse, we have so many choices that we can make, knowing again that this feeling is not going to last towards the end of the week. So we always have options. Are we going to choose to trust and feed the instinctive nature? Are we going to trust to feed the conditioned, comfortable nature? Are we going to find a beautiful balance between the two, ideally? Typically, the moon card speaks to the process of shadow work. Shadow work is just holding the light of our awareness on the dark or uncomfortable pieces that come up. The dog and the wolf are both the ambassadors of this card along with the ever-evolving lobster self, the middle way or the Tao, because shadow work involves the relationship between both our instinctive and our conditioned nature. Neither is to be cast aside. We need to move through the beautiful balance of the two in order to feel fulfilled and successful on this planet. To close this out, I just want to say that I believe some of the most challenging parts of being human is to be responsible for a thinking mind that has power that doesn't understand itself. I came across a bit of prose in a book recently The book is called Processional Time and the Evolution of Consciousness by Richard Heath, and the story is called Technology and the Sorcerer's Apprentice, but essentially is the apprentice, once the sorcerer has stepped out of this space, tried to use magic that he was not yet fully trained to employ. He set something in motion with the skills he had and then was not able to stop it once it was set in motion. And I think this really speaks to the way we are currently operating as conscious beings that have been uh, deeply uh, entrenched in a system of power and control and unconsciousness is that we are still being able to create thoughts which set in in motion, a powerful ripple energetically, but we lack the awareness consistently to know how much we are creating with those thoughts. So I just felt like that was an important 
message that came forward is that whether or not we are consciously aware, anytime we are thinking, speaking, moving, being, breathing, we are making choices whether or not we are aware of them. And this is the moment where we have to start to acknowledge that the power we have has been recklessly used to this point. And we have the ability, we have the support, we have the tools and the communities now to start to step more into an empowered creator mindset by choosing the frequency of how we want the future to unfold. So just to round out this reading, I pulled one final oracle card and the message that comes up says, Imrama, where are you being called to journey to? So this is a card that speaks to the intelligence of the soul, that with intention to allow the intelligence of the heart, of which the soul is seated in, in our physical body, to allow the intelligence of the soul to bring us to the places, the memories, the experience, the energy that needs to be reclaimed and reintegrated as Scorpio continues its excavating journey of the soul of the spirit to bring these pieces home to the undiluted part of us that is intricately connected to nature, Taurus. If we set the intention that we trust and allow our soul's intelligence to facilitate this process for us, can we allow then the rest that this deep mental exhaustion is inviting us into, this replenishment that is needed by the cells in the physical body, with intention we can allow the rest to unfold because we trust that we've set in motion a conscious process. The card says, may seeds of light long ago planted begin to rise. I am ready to remember ancient secrets from lands that my soul knows from times past. May I be held by the ancient lineages that my soul has served and remember that I don't have to do it all alone. Breathing in. Breathing out. Just noticing how you feel after listening to this episode. Thank you so much for those of you who have joined me straight through to the end. I am sending you so much love and support. Please reach out if you'd like, and I will see you again when we connect next time somewhere else in the cosmos. Mm -hmm.